Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 37. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant us that we may sit, one on your right hand and the other on your left, in your glory. This is the word of the Lord. And we praise God for it. You may be seated this morning. The name of the sermon today is called as, uh, Do You Have an Attitude? Now, I know that all of you have lived in this world. And I know that you have at one time or another experienced someone that you've come home to your wife or your husband or your, you know, your friend or whatever, and you have said, oh, man, you tell me about this person that had this attitude today? Come on, let's laugh again because I know you have, Okay. I want you to know something today, that as we begin to talk, that there is no one that doesn't have an attitude. Right now today, as you've come today to church, I say to you, and I, and I, what I want to clarify is because we always think of this as a negative connotation as, well, that person has an attitude. Today I want to say to you is that you have an attitude and we're going to talk about it today. And I want to say to you one more thing so that you'll feel okay about this. Jesus has an attitude. So we're reading here in the book of Mark about James and John. And so I want you to imagine, I want you to take yourself back, and Jesus is, and of course they walked everywhere together, and the disciples are all there. And James and John come up to Jesus, and they ask him a question. They ask him to do something that actually is pretty bold. They ask, as it is recorded here, they said, to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. Now, actually, what they said was not something that was a, a lack of faith. They were recognizing who he is. But now, let's go on and see the reaction of their fellow disciples in that chapter, and when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. How come? They obviously had said something that was something of faith. They said, 
in your glory, we want to sit on your right hand and your left hand. So they believed in Jesus. It was a profession of faith. Why would the rest of the disciples then have an attitude? Would anyone like to guess? Have you ever experienced someone do that to you? Have you ever been in your workplace or in your home or in your neighborhood or whatever, and someone says something where they're just wanting to put their, their light a little above yours? Or they're wanting to making themselves a little bit better. They're wanting to, may I say, they're, they're trying to maybe brown nose the boss a little bit. Has that ever, have anything like that ever happened to you and made you a little angry? Made you a little off? Made you a little upset? So that's exactly what's going on with the disciples. So here we are and we're surrounded by the Lord of life. And so the people that he has chosen... are having this conversation. So let's just for a minute today, let's say, okay, I'm up, I'm up here preaching today. Well, you know, the person that is up here preaching, there's a whole lot of people that are behind that. From the children's church to the people that are back in the sound booth to the people who, who prepare all of our hearts through music. The, the, the list just goes on and on. And so these people have been picked of the Lord through our pastor and through our board and through responsible people that are working here in the church for us to come together as a group so that we can come together and worship. And so Jesus has chosen these disciples to be with him as he, as the Lord of life, is going to go out and minister to people to bring about the message that we know about. So what if today that I came up here to preach and before I came up here to preach, everybody's in an argument. Marcy's standing up at the pulpit and Jackie's over there throwing a fit because she's not standing up there leading worship today. <laughs> Matt's over here playing the drums and you see him and he's playing drums. Next thing you know, he's throwing his sticks across the platform at me over here. Janice just stands up and just starts playing that keyboard, banging on those keys, looking at me going, there, see? I can play better than you can. You might be thinking, wow, I think we need to pray for our church. You might be thinking, we can't go forward until some things are worked out. Because don't we all, isn't our desire together, all of us, it is to worship God. It is also to reach outside the walls of this church and to reach others for Christ. 
And so we have visitors here with us this morning, and we don't want them to see Jackie throwing a fit because she's not leading worship this morning. Because then the message is relayed is that we're no different than the rest of the world. I can go anywhere for that. I don't have to come to the church to see that. I don't even have to leave my living room. All I have to do is turn on the TV. So we might ask ourselves, Jesus, what are you thinking? You picked these guys. What are you thinking? You may have asked the Lord at one time or another as he has picked you that you've looked up to him and said, Jesus, what are you thinking? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's look again at this and see. And it says it again in, in Mark chapter 10, verse 41. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. Because they're saying, like with Jackie, James and John are saying, I want to be the praise and worship leader. I want to be this. I want to be that. Lord, I want to be on your right hand and your left. And so they're put off by them. So all of them, as we talk today, had an attitude. We're going to examine that. But Jesus called them to himself and he said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. Get it shall not be so among you. Now what is he saying there, right there, before he goes on? What is he saying to them? I am building a kingdom. And I have called you to be a part of that kingdom. And I am saying to you that you are to be different. Now, we Nazarenes, we call that holiness. Be holy as I am holy. Be different. I'm asking you to be like me, and I'm going to explain to you now what that means. And so what the disciples had is they had a worldly attitude. It wasn't that they didn't believe in Jesus, obviously. It wasn't that they hadn't given up everything to follow him. But they still retain an attitude of the world. Now, Marcy mentioned earlier that just even recently within the last few days, we've had some major events here in our country. Amen. And 
we are witnessing a lot of things happening. And we may look up at the Lord and we may say to him, God, what is it that you want me to do? He is going to answer a lot of that right here today with you. Because you see, this conversation with the disciples isn't just about the disciples. It's about you. Their time has come and gone. Obviously, they have a legacy that comes through the Word of God. But now, it's our turn. In our lives, we, through the grace of Christ, are building a legacy. There's a lot of voices out there, just as I'm talking about right now that Marcy was saying. There's a lot of voices and a lot of people who are saying a lot of things. How am I to be in the midst of that? How am I to represent Christ in the midst of that? What is he asking of me? What is he asking of us as a church? As a Fairlawn Nazarene church, not the church, but a part of the church. What is he asking of us? Well, I guarantee you today that as we are asking God what it is that we are to do or to be a part of, or what are we to say, I guarantee you that there is people out there in our, in our nation alone that are asking, in our neighborhood, in our city, at our work, whatever, who are asking, what does this mean? What am I supposed to do? Where is the balance? Where is the foundation? Where should I look? So again, we're going to, you know that those who consider, are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great Now, what have we been taught in this, in our country? Just, just, let's just keep it our country for right now. What have we been taught about what it means to be great? Well, what we've been taught is exactly what the disciples were doing. I lift myself up. I proclaim my name. I am the best. I am the greatest. I am the chief. I am the leader. But what did Jesus say? Whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be a slave of all. Now listen. For even the Son of Man, the Lord, the Creator, the Holy One, the one whose every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. He said, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, 
but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. It says in the scriptures in the books of, of Acts that it is referred to not by friends but by enemies that the early believers turned the world upside down. How did they do that? It's, it's, it's right here. They took Jesus literally. They embraced Jesus. They went out into the world preaching exactly what he's saying right here. I want to read you a little quote. This is from, I read, these are a, a collection of old, very old devotionals. Uh, and it's called uh, Facts of the Matter. And it's a collection of devotionals. And it says, Unlike Moses, who longed to comprehend the ways of God, our focus is often centered on self-promotion, self-pity, and self-preservation. God reminds us of the gap between his magnificent attributes and our limited understanding. And I want to go on and read to you Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. He's saying again to us in that, he's saying, I'm different. I am different than anything that you know in this world. I am different than the world system here. I am different than the way people think here. My attitude is different. And I want you to be like me. And only as you become like me will you be able to reach the world like we saw our early fathers, our early church members, our early believers turn the world upside down because they embraced this and took this to themselves. And we might say, well, yeah, but that was them. That was St. Paul and St. Matthew. Well, let's, okay, first of all, let's remember something. We added that on there, that saint part. It was Matthew, James, John. These are the same men that we're talking about right here who had an attitude about, hey, I want to be the greatest. It wasn't that what they desired was wrong. It was the way in which they desired it that was wrong. And Jesus was teaching them what was right. Now, if you take this literally, if you take this literally, I want to tell you something right now. You are going to be intimidated by it. If you take Jesus literally, if you embrace him in your life, if you literally say, today I am going to live my life for Christ as he said for the rest of my life. I am going to serve others. I'm going to put others before myself. I am going to be, as he said, I am going to give myself to the point of death to others. And it should intimidate you. That's exactly what God's headed for. He 
want you to be intimidated. Really? Well, God's kind of thinking a lot of himself there, don't you think? That's where we mix the world with the creator. He is the creator. So he is worthy. But in his worthiness, he chooses in love to serve us. To die for us. To embrace us. To fill us with his spirit. To make us co-inheritors with Christ. And he wants us to have Jerry. Not because I'm, everybody look at Jerry. No, that's not what, Jerry. He wants us to have and embrace what he has. He wants us to be with him. He wants us to think like him. Let's go on. This is the key scripture for us today. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 9. Don't do anything from selfish ambition or from a cheap desire to boast. Well, they just took care of a lot of American society. Do you hear me? Don't do anything from selfish ambition or from a cheap desire to boast. But be humble toward one another, always considering others better than yourselves. And look out for one another's interests, not just for your own. The attitude you should have is the one that Christ Jesus had. He always had the nature of God, but he did not think that by force he should try to remain equal with God. In other words, he willingly, he was in bliss, in glory, and he willingly came to be amongst us. Instead of this, of his own free will, he gave up all he had and took the nature of a servant. He became like a human being and appeared in human likeness. He was humble and walked the path of obedience all the way to death, his death on the cross. For this reason, God raised him up to the highest place above and gave him the name that is greater than any other name. We as a church want to be a witness to the world. Yes? Amen? 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 We want to be a witness to the world, don't we? We want to rejoice. We want to see others come in. Now, let me just do a little, just a little thought pattern here for just a second with what we're talking about today to help us clear this up. Because remember, God doesn't think like we do. And so we're learning. So when we are born again, God the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us and he begins to teach us. And he infills us. 
and he embraces us and he opens our minds and our hearts willingly and immediately to receive in his truth. So, American society says, what church do you go to? And then the next question is always, how many do you have? How many do you have in attendance? What is that? That's natural human pride saying, what's the name of your church? And how many do you have? And then the next thing is, well, we have this many, and you can say, well, we only have this many. Really? Isn't that what the disciples just did? We are not to be a part of that. We are to rejoice, three hairs, with what we have been given. We are to embrace one another in love and, and, and a gratefulness for one another. We are to rejoice in the Savior who has given his life for us and has risen from the dead for us. There's no room for those things. Amen. And this is what Jesus says. This is how they will know that you belong to me. Well, because obviously... You're Fairlawn Nazarene Church. And you're located up on Fairlawn. Nice place. They got this many. Got this nice place. No. How will they know that you belong to him? His words, not mine. A new commandment. I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. And what is that love? Mike, what's that love? It's a love that put him on the cross. It's a love that when you go out in his name and you, you by the grace of God, you give and you give and you give and I'm not going to, it's not for me to define how you give. And it's not for me to judge how you give. We got to watch that too. Everyone has been called of God to be who you are and to do what you do. There is no competing and there is no comparing. But in what God has given you, give all that you are because you love him. Not because you want to impress your neighbor. Not because you want to impress the visitors who come in. Listen, the scripture says, I told you back there, Michael, that I'm going to say scripture that you don't have. Jesus, remember he talked about praying in Matthew chapter 6? 
And he says, I don't want you to pray like that I see praying going on. You know, there's the religious leaders and they're out there and they got their robes on and they're standing on the corners and everybody's ooh and on and they're backing up and this kind of thing while they're saying their prayers. You know what he says? Go in your closet. Go someplace where nobody sees you and talk to your father. Because God's not interested. You know what he says? He says they have their reward. And what is their reward? Their reward is, is that people are going to go, wow, look at them. Aren't they religious? Aren't they great? Aren't they Christian? Jesus says, well, it, it will work, but it's going to only work for right, right here. But you want to be a part of my kingdom. You want something that's everlasting? As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And what is that love? It is the love that put our Lord on the Christ or on the cross. It is the love in Philippians chapter 2 that brought him from bliss to us. And he is asking us to be like him. That is church, church. That is following him. And it is also a peace that passes all understanding. It is a joy and a love and, and an embrace from him that cannot be replaced by anything this world has to offer. We're going to, or I'm going to say the ladies are going to come up and sing with us, and we're going to sing. Um, I'm going to do something a little bit different today. And that is, is that I'm, as they come up to sing, um, I'm going to ask you to come up to the altar. If you can't come, that's okay. Stay right where you are. And I'm going to ask you to pray with me on a prayer but then I also want to have us join together as a church and pray for our pastor and for Darla too. And then uh, I'm going to ask that Dan and Dana come forward. And so I'm going to invite you as well that as we have prayed together, that if you want individual prayer, that these dear men will be here to, to please feel free. These are godly good men. If you, if, you have a, if you have a personal prayer request, you would like to stay at this altar and pray today, please feel free to come to them. Dan, Dana, if you would be, please come forward as the deer.
Lord, we worship you. God, we honor you and love you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your willingness to come to define for us the will of the Father, to show us the way to die for us, to rise for us, and as the Scripture says, to send another of the same, the Lord Holy Spirit, to come fill our hearts, to be like you. Wherever you are today in this sanctuary, whether you're at the altar or you're in your seat, I invite you to pray along with me this prayer. I give myself to you that I may give myself to others. I pray that in all I do, that my motives are sincere and focused on you. And God, today as a church, we pray as well. Lord, that you would open our hearts. There's so many that need you and that need this church. So many outside these walls that need to know what my brothers and sisters here, my dear friends, fellow believers in Christ, they need to know this. To know your love and that you have died for all. That you have condemned none but died for all. That all may live in you. Lord, help us to be those people that will embrace without judgment. That will love and care and nurture, Lord, as you have taught us. Whoever may come. And Father, today we all join as a church and we pray and lift up our pastor to you and we thank God for him and his willingness to serve and the example that he has set for us. He serves us. He serves missionaries around the world. He goes on mission trips. The things that he does, thank you as he doesn't stand up for each week and, and proclaim what he does, but he shows it by his example. We pray you give him strength. This was unexpected for him, for Darla to be hurt like this, and for him to have to come back early from the mission trip and, and all that he went through and couldn't find a plane and had to rent a car and he's driven so many hours. And now today, he's driven again to meet his friends in Knoxville away from his wife to perform this wedding ceremony. And we thank God for him. We pray that he knows today that we support him and love him. And Lord, we pray together with him for Darla. Now, Lord, we thank God for the surgeon's hand. We thank you, Lord, for the knowledge and the medication and all who worked and loved her. We thank God, Father, for... Uh, the, the plate is now in her leg and the pins that are there. But Jesus, you are our healer. And we trust you without limit 
that you will heal her as in the way you choose. Now, Lord, we thank you for the doctor again, and they said she needs to be in rehab for a while. And we'll accept that, Lord, if that's the way you choose, but we also believe you for all good things. And today, Lord, we know that Darla is going to be watching and listening, and we just pray, Lord, that we, as we're in prayer, that you would hear today, Darla, that we love you and that we support you. And we trust you for God's healing touch upon your life. And all of us together today prayed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You are dismissed. Uh, please come and pray if you want to or grab your brother or sister. We need to come together and love one another and pray for one another. God bless you.